Hey, welcome to You Had Me at Black. I'm Martina Abrahams. This week's story comes from Kevin. Now, you may know Kevin by his former artist name, Irk the Jerk, but today he goes by Kevin Allen. Well, he learned the hard way to be careful what you wish for. Before we get into this week's story, let's talk about our next kickback. We are coming to Houston, Texas on Saturday, December 2nd at Lion's Heart Studio. If you aren't familiar with our kickbacks, we like to bring black folk together to hang out and hear a live recording of our podcast. Now, our events in Oakland and D.C. have sold out, and we want to see where Houston's coming with. So do not sleep on getting your tickets. Early bird tickets go on sale this Friday for those on our email list. And you can join that list at youhadmeatblack.com. For everyone else, they'll go on sale Monday, November 13th. So for more information on the event, you can go to youhadmeatblack.com slash live HTX. Now let's get into Kevin's story. Here's what happened. I want you to breathe all this in. You're listening to You Had Me at Black. Black. Right in the heart of the city. Black. Man, listen, man. Black, black. (laughs) This is You Had Me at Black, and we live, baby. Time. So shout out to Regulars Only. They definitely put together some big things and are our media sponsor for You Had Me at Black tonight. All right, we've gone through three storytellers so far. We got to get to the fourth, and I noticed one thing. We've gotten to the sexual chocolate applause for the evening. Let me explain to y'all, if you don't happen to know, if you've never seen somebody explain what the sexual chocolate applause is. Y'all ever seen Coming to America? Make some noise if you've seen Coming to America one time. They tell y'all, man, make some noise for Mr. Randy Watson, and people go, <laughs> that was the applause he deserved, but that's not the point, brother. We talking about right now. <laughs> we got to go ahead and get the next uh, the, the next storyteller up to the stage, man. And uh, I mean, we've gone through the hat, so we only got one more name. So let's go ahead and get this guy up here right now, so he can go ahead and rock for y'all, ladies and gentlemen. You had me at black. Put your hands together for Kevin Allen. All right, so I stopped believing in coincidence in 2011 in the summer um i guess at that time just dealing with life you kind of go through a lot of shit you kind of get down on yourself i started looking at life as like glass half empty instead of full kind of like a i guess a bad mindset to have so um as a kid i didn't want to be famous i wanted to create art and music and photos and i used to draw and i used to be on into just different things so as i got older i realized the talents that you have are more skills, things that you learn, not like God-given or different things. That was just my perception at the time. So in the year 2009, I ended up having a song that was on the radio, and I felt good about it, but not too good, because you never know when the rug's gonna be snatched from under you. So 2011 rolls around, pretty popular. 
a record label called me and said, come down to LA. We want you to talk to us and see about signing you and all of this. So yeah, cool, I'm with that. Um, two of my homies at the time, Vail and DB. Vail is like the short Puerto Rican and black dude from West Oakland, Jordan's cargo shorts, funny dude. Um, DB is my tall, like dark skin basketball type dude. It was kind of like Tommy and Cole from Martin, I guess I'll. <laughs> I would be Martin in this scenario. Um, so anyway, we get in the car, and my dad's car, and we get ready to drive to LA. He has a lime green Toyota Camry he bought like off the boat, hybrid. He like in love with this car. He got rims on it. It's like brown leather seats. It's like brand new, and he loved it. So he's like, yeah, you can take it. Um, at this time, maybe he's like a year old, but he's just in love with the car. So we get in the car, we're like, cool, we're on our way to LA, blah, 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 we're on the way. I have a show in Fresno, yeah, Fresno's like maybe halfway to LA. I have a show in Fresno the night before this big meeting. Um, we're big time, big time weed smokers. <laughs> look at God, look at God, but yeah. Um, we're big time weed smokers at the time, so we get in the car and I'm like, check this out. We're not smoking, we're not drinking, we're not talking on the phone, we're not doing nothing to fuck this up. We're just gonna get to LA, be safe. When I get to Fresno, it's like tension in the air. Like the show is like a lot of like, I don't know, gang members outside, I don't know, just people yelling shit. It was real uncomfortable, but the show went cool, I got paid. Went back to the hotel room, got some sleep. It was like, cool, everything is cool. Wake up in the morning, and um, McDonald's is the first stop. So the meeting is around one o'clock, it's seven o'clock in the morning, we have plenty of time to get there. We stop, get breakfast, get in the car. Um, the radio is playing, everything is cool. I'm basically thinking of like how to spend this money I'm about to get or how I'm gonna invest it, what I'm gonna do for my kids and just, just thinking of all these things like my dad always been down and supportive, like I'm gonna make sure he has whatever he needs and all these things. So I'm looking back in my rearview mirror and the police are there. Of course, the police are there. We're in the middle of nowhere. I don't know where we are, but they pull us over. I tell the homies, Y'all shut the fuck up, let me do all the talking. They pull us over. I'm not nervous, because I really didn't do shit. You know, car is pretty new, everything is good. He walks up, goes into his speech, where you guys headed, what are you doing, license and registration. And you know, I'm good, I'm good, but you know, I'm black in the middle of nowhere, and I just so happen to have a gun in my car. Um. He checks my um, registration, he goes back. He says, man, the reason I pulled you over is because you have a cover on your license plate, made it kind of hard to see your tags. These tags um, are expired. So now I'm like, damn, I'm like, Pops, you didn't put the tags on the, <laughs> all right, um, cool, you got me out here, but it's, it's all good. That was my fault, I should've took my own car, but whatever. No problem, I'm assuming he's gonna write me a ticket and go on about our business. He does that, but as I go back to put the registration in the glove box, he notices a pill bottle. My father is suffering from diabetes and cancer. So there's a pill bottle in there. He says, what's that? Oh, that's a pill bottle. He said, yeah, but it doesn't have a label on it. That's illegal. Oh, well I wasn't aware of that, Mr. Officer, sir. Um, step out of the car, please. Okay, 
So now I'm nervous. Now I'm in panic mode. On the outside, I'm cool, but on the inside, um, you know, a little bit frightened. I look back before I get out the car, and DB is maybe six, six. He's back there, like, shaking, like, oh, man. It was kind of funny, because um, Kelly Rowland's motivation was playing on the radio at the time. <laughs> so it was like, ha, huh? but we're getting arrested, so it's not funny, but <laughs> whatever. So he takes me to his cruiser parked behind my dad's car. He puts me in the front seat, though, and doesn't handcuff me. So I'm sitting there like, this is kind of odd. I reach in my pocket while he walks back to the trunk to start the search, and I text Vail, take the clip out of the gun and put it back. In my head, I'm like, a loaded weapon versus an unloaded weapon. Might have some chance to fight this and keep, keep moving to L.A. I'm just thinking about L.A., L.A., I have to get there. This is what I've been working for. This is the whole point of me wanting to be an artist and take care of my family and my children. And all these things are going to run through my mind. So after I text him that, I'm just sitting there waiting at this point to see what's going to happen. Is he going to find it? Is, it's kind of like when you go to a movie and the previews are taking hella long. And you like, man, should I get some popcorn? But if I go now, the movie might start. And you're like, ah. But instead, I was like waiting to go to jail or get a record deal. So the stakes are a little bit higher than popcorn. That's my point. So he, um, yeah, Vel, bless his heart. He, um, they take them both out of the car and handcuff them at this point. He searches the car, finds the gun, and the cop starts, he's excited. Now he's, he found what he was looking for. Black guys with a gun, right. He's juiced, for real. <laughs> um, Vail is not the brightest crayon in the box a lot of times, but he put the clip in his pocket. That's one of the hardest sentences for me to say out loud, but he put the clip in his pocket. So while he's handcuffed, he tries to throw it in front of the motherfucking police. They call for backup. Hella backup. Like, what the fuck is going on? Gang unit, like plain clothes officers. They come over there, they got me in handcuffs now, we're on the side of the road. I'm definitely missing this meeting. This is not gonna happen. So, the plainclothes officer, he's more like um, black tee, tucked in, slick back hair. Looked like just on some movie shit. He pops the trunk again, the CDs and merchandise with my face on it. He's like, oh, this is you. Pulls out his phone, he starts YouTubing my videos. I guess he's looking to see if I'm on some cop killer, gangster shit, whatever. But, you know, most of the songs are either real lyrical or, you know, lady driven or whatever. So my cop killing songs don't exist. Yet, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're on the way. But um, I'm like, man, look, we're not in a gang. He's like, man, but y'all got the same tattoos. I'm like, I just rock. These are my homies. Like, it's not, it's just not what you think. And that, well, we got a gun. So the tow truck pulls up. It's like a real old, like white dude, long hair. And he's super invested in making sure I go to jail. He, I don't know. He's just excited. He's like moving. He just can't wait to get the car hooked up. He's helping them line the bullets up on the windshield. So I'm like, oh, this is like when um, Snoop got arrested in um, training day and Dizel stuck the pin in the stone, he threw up. 
and he was popping the bullets out like, oh, you're a felon, so that's 10 years, 20 years. I thought I was gonna get that many years. In my head, I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Like, we were just going to get a record deal. Um, they get put into the police car. They're going back to where we came from. I get put in the police car, I'm going the opposite way. So now I'm split up from them. Um, I'm just there, I don't, know what, I don't know what's going on. The cop gets on the phone though. He's talking to his chief of police, I don't know how this shit works. He's talking to somebody on the phone, but he's kind of whispering. He makes a U-turn on the freeway and takes me back to McDonald's. Opens the car door, uncuffs me, and writes me a ticket for having a concealed weapon. And basically go about your merry way. But I don't have a fucking car, so now I'm just standing here in the middle of nowhere, like, what the fuck? So I walk into McDonald's, and I see Vale and DB sitting there, like they just lost their puppy, of course, and they're like, oh shit, like, how, what happened? And I explained to them what happened. How the fuck are we gonna get home? So we call a promoter from the night before. He got a homie that's in the area still. He comes and picks us up, takes us to his house. He has like kids, so his wife is like, when she gets off work, he'll be able to take us back to the Bay Area. So I'm just waiting, maybe an hour or so. So we're sitting there trying to make light of the situation. I'm calling my manager. He's like, man, where are you at? I'm like, man, look, man, you ain't gonna believe this shit. Well, he like, man, shit we could do. You missed the meeting, okay. My song comes on the radio. So now I'm sitting there like, God, you, <laughs> you're good, you're funny, <laughs> you're good. We get in the car, we drive all the way back, I'm from Richmond, we drive all the way back to Richmond. Um, pretty quiet car ride, we're laughing, but it's just not funny, it's just, so that weekend, I just lay in the bed, I'm pretty much depressed, I'm just out of it, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, damn, this is really crazy. Like, how, like, what was the point of doing all of this and for that to happen? What's the lesson? I was like, am I rushing, trying to figure out what that lesson is? But I'm down. Um, not only that, my manager calls me a couple of days later and says, um, yeah, so Krayshawn, which was an artist at the time, was in the meeting with me waiting for you. But she dropped a song that went viral that same weekend. So I guess an intern might have saw her or some shit like that and was like, oh shit, you just dropped that video and give her a million dollars. I don't know how the conversation went, but it was something like that. She ended up getting signed. And he called me on the phone to tell me, oh shit, uh, Puffy just called me, uh, L.A. Reid called me, there's like a bidding war going on. And I'm like, yay. Man, I don't give a fuck. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so he like, man, when we get on, I'm gonna leave the door open for you, cause we on now. I said, all right, cool. Monday night rolls around. So at the, you guys familiar with the new parish in Oakland? Yeah. Out here? Yeah, cool. Yeah, sweet Jimmy's. Oh, you took it all the way back. <laughs> so. Back in the day, me and the homies had this thing called the Breakfast Club where we get together on Sunday mornings and kind of like commune and talk black artist type shit. It turns into Monday Night Soul. A lot of artists come through performing. Everybody's having fun. So I go there because it's like cheers. Like, you know, you go there. It's cool. Um, I go there to have a drink. If I leave from Richmond, about 15 minutes to get to New Parish, I'm not feeling it. I'm still like, eh, not feeling it. Get my drink. I get ready to leave, I get on the freeway, I'm in my car now, I have like a, a old school BMW, whatever it is, I get on the freeway, leave a new parish, police are behind me. So now I'm like, black guy angry now. I'm like, yo, like, yeah, yeah. There's gotta be some type of joke. They're following me for about 
10 minutes to Albany, like a little bit past Berkeley. They pulled me over. I realized that they're Albany police, so I don't know how long they were following me. Maybe they're out of jurisdiction. I'm just not sure what the fuck is going on. So they pulled me out the car, asking me questions. We're having a conversation like, are you drunk? Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not drunk. I had one drink. I'm not in the mood to drink. I'm not talking drunk. Why were you driving so slow? Because you were fucking following me. So now my anger is starting to make them angry. Can you um, do the monkey shit? Yes, touch my nose, put my head back, walk a straight line, all the shit. And I'm like, see, I'm not drunk. Put me in cuffs anyway. They took all the shit out of my pockets, my phone, my money, my wallet, put it on the hood of my car, put me in a police car. So now I'm just sitting there like this, angry though. I'm looking and I see my phone, my iPhone, sliding off the front of my hood. Hits the concrete, phone shatters, and it was kind of like a metaphor for myself at that time. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's me right there. But they end up taking me to jail anyway. And after I get fingerprinted and all of what, I end up doing the breathalyzer test. Comes back like a .5 or whatever it is when you're not drunk. That's, that's what I had. I'm like, see, I'm not drunk, whatever, whatever. I end up getting my phone call, call my pops. I'm like, yo, yeah, yeah, I know, I'm in jail. And he was like, you just got arrested. I'm like, just not right now, pops. Just come and get me. It's all good. Um, he comes and get me. Everything is cool. I mean, if you call paying $600 for a tow truck after being towed for one night, your phone being broken, being arrested twice in the same weekend. Um, so I guess the only um, highlight to that part was um, I Googled like the lowest selling albums of a major artist and Krayshawn was on there. So there was a, it's not a diss to her, but it was a little like, cool, cool. But I guess what I learned um, at that time was to be careful what you wish for. And what I mean by that is, before I got in the car to go to LA, I had another gun in my car that I don't know where I got, who I, who I got it from. It was like a homie and it might have been 30 bodies on his gun, it might have been using a murder, I don't know. But being in Richmond and driving a nice car, people started making like threats on my life. So it became a way of life for me. My dad always said, protect yourself, protect yourself, protect yourself. So on the way to LA, before I got in the car, I told myself out loud, take this dirty ass gun out of your car and go get the gun that's registered to you. That way, if you get arrested, it won't be that bad. And that's exactly what the fuck happened. I got arrested, but it wasn't that bad, but it really was. So the universe doesn't know when you ask for something, whether it's good or bad. Once you speak it, it's in the air and it's, it's in the world's hands, not yours anymore. Thank you. This episode was produced by Jared Sport. This episode was mixed and mastered by Miles Dotson. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. If you want to hear more stories like this one, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Hey y'all, it's Martina. Can you believe Thanksgiving is only two weeks away? I'm going to be traveling home to visit my family, and when I travel, 
I always have to think about what to do with my hair. Now, a while back, my friend Jakaya put me on to head wraps, and they have been my saving grace. You may know Jakaya from Instagram as Traveling Fro. She quit her job last year and has been traveling the world solo as a black woman. And she recently launched a line of head wraps and other products inspired by her travels. Each piece is handcrafted and packaged by Jakaya and her friends in Senegal. Now, each line only has 100 pieces, and so you not only have to worry about every other person having the same head wrap as you, but you should literally run to her site to check them out and to order yours. Head to thetravelingfro.com slash Y-H-M-A-B. That's Y-H-M-A-B for You Had Me on Black. All right, see you next week. Peace. This is season four of You Had Me at Black.